Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. All right, welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 220 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And we are recording this uh, just before tax week in the United States. Yay. So if you haven't filed your taxes, about time to do that. And uh, we have uh, called ourselves and still call ourselves the most terrific podcast on the Internet uh, for some definition of terrific. Just look it up. You'll see. All right. What, do you, what were you going to say there, Bill? Oh, I was just saying uh, tax day. Woohoo. Yeah. Mine are done finally. <laughs> Yay. <Cool. laughs> Yeah, tax day is not until the 17th this year because the 15th is a Sunday and the 16th is some kind of holiday. And yes. so, ta- yeah, some kind of federal holiday. Interesting. And so tax day is on the 17th. So it doesn't matter. My taxes are filed and I'm just waiting for my money back. Well, except for those of you who get a mail in. Well, yeah, that, that too, but who cares about that? <laughs> yeah, those are the ones where you owe them money. Yeah, I know, but that's a lot less than I'm getting back. So I'm not too worried about it. They can wait. They can wait. That's right. They can wait right till the seventeenth. Yeah, he he's like the one at the post office, eleven fifty eight, mailing it. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, like, you yeah. actually have I think to. That's called check kiting or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump right into it. Our first segment is our lead topics, and Bill says whether you like it or not. I guess we need to talk about weather. Yeah, who wants yeah. to talk about weather? I guess I will since I. Okay, it. you can talk about the weather then. <laughs> Well, whether you like it or not, April is here, and April is the month that we're starting to see a ton of st- uh, skyborne spotter training all over the uh, National Weather Service's website. So uh, just think about it. We're coming into uh, what we call in Montana hail season. We get two of these. We get one uh, here at the end of uh, April, early May, and one again in September when the weather gets that crappy, and we get uh, golf balls and uh, baseballs falling from the sky. Uh, so this is an opportunity if you haven't been Skywarn spotter trained, you know, check out your uh, local NWS's website and see if there's any training available. Also check with your local amateur radio club. A lot of those times, uh, those guys will have a uh, Aries training and stuff like that for Skywarn and spotter training. So it's uh, it's definitely worth getting a refresher if you haven't been to one in a while. Um, not saying that, you know, weather changes much, but you never know. They come up with new terms all the time, like, you know, polar vortex and stuff like that, that, you know, we, we only hear buzzwords once in a while. And, uh, it's nice to hear the national weather service guys use those terms, uh, instead of just the, uh, weather forecasters on TV. Yeah. That's something I was actually planning on doing at some point was getting weather spotter trained so I could do that stuff and jump in on the skyworn nets and all that good stuff, not just as a uh, casual participant. So maybe I'll have to get around and do that, see when the local club is going to start doing their training. I assume it's going to be pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, April's the big month. You'll see uh, pretty much everywhere has training going on. All right. Very good. So another amateur radio news, the ARRL Teachers Institute, which I believe we have mentioned before, has opened summer 2018 applications. 
uh, as of May 1st. So not quite yet. Until. until, until May oh, 1st. until May 1st. Sorry. That's right. I guess yes. I should read better. <laughs> I hear Gary is creeping up. As part of the educational outreach to schools through the Education and Technology Program, the AWRL offers multiple sessions of the Teachers Institute on Wireless Technology, an expenses paid professional development seminar in locations throughout the United States. The Teachers Institute has provided teachers at all grade levels with tools and, tool, tool, tools and strategies to introduce basic electronics. The science of radio, space technology, and satellite communications, as well as weather science. Hmm. Nice lead in. Introduction to microcontrollers and basic robotics. Uh, there's a couple of sessions in uh, Newington, Connecticut, and there is one in Dayton, Ohio. And information about that is on the AWRL's web- website. And of course, a link to that will be in the show notes. So uh, only a few teachers get selected for this. So get your applications in if this is up your alley. And if it is, you get an all-expenses-paid teaching seminar, which that's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, they take care of uh, pretty much everything. I think there is a $100 uh, um, registration fee that they, they do have to pay, but uh, most uh, most school systems and stuff like that would put that part of your uh, professional development. You'd be able to get that money back. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, you, if, you know, if you're not a teacher, if you know a teacher that you think would be interested in this, you know, please get them the information and pass it on to them and uh, get them interested in it because uh, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to have some uh, professional development here in the uh, in the wireless world. Nope, absolutely not. And Charles frantically typing away at something. Sorry, I'll stop typing. <laughs> well, you need to stop typing because <laughs> we're going to make you read a story. How about that? Why? Why not? <laughs> there you go. So you know which one it is, or are you even in the etherpad? I am in the etherpad. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At least I assume you're wanting me to do the uh, the Alaska.co. That's the one. All right. Just making sure I didn't know if we we're skipping over. No, nope, we're not skipping something. anything. All right. So Alaska.co relaunches their site. Alaska Educational and Scientific Resources is committed to developing high-tech manufacturing in the state of Alaska. Interior Alaska has long been a hub of scientific research, and our staff has many decades of accumulated experience in science and technology in Alaska. We will soon be producing a number of unique instruments for the support of geophysical and radio research. All right. Very cool. That's from Alaska.co. So, yeah, it looks like they're doing a lot of uh, a lot of outreach and stuff like that. Some of the education programs that they have are like a complete radio electronics course, an FCC certification for commercial or amateur radio, high school and college apprenticeships, and among other things. So uh, it looks like they're doing good things up there in Alaska. Cool. They're going to tell you what the Harp Array is for? Yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to ET. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what it's for. Or, you know, making holes in the ozone layer, one or the other. Sure. It doesn't that. Uh, you know, doesn't one beget the other? <laughs> <laughs> we got to make a, an entry point for them. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. And I put in a note here just to talk about documentation clarity. And I have to admit that one of the things that I like least in this life is having to document stuff. But for those people who do document things, I would really appreciate some actual document clarity. And I was specifically referencing today, I was looking for a cable to go from my rig interface or one of my rig interfaces to my Kenwood TS570D. And the company that makes these cables has two of them. And they are both shown for the same rig and they are both shown with different pinouts, but the documentation only says 
which pinouts, you know, it's like which pin goes from point A to point B, what goes from A to one, what goes from B to two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but doesn't actually explain the difference or how to tell the difference between the two. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I, there's two, you know, there's two cables that will fit from my rig interface to my rig, but I'm not sure which one I need. And there's no indication on the site, you know, which is which. Now they do have tech support and I'll probably, you know, hit them up before proceeding, but you know, come on, simple documentation. How do I tell rig A from rig B? Seems like it wouldn't be that hard. Anyway, if you're going to document something, just be clear. That's all I'm saying. All right. Enough of that. Let's move on to open source topics. Let's uh, talk about Europe. We've, we've covered the United States a little bit. We've covered Alaska, which is still the United States. So let's jump into uh, across the pond. The pond? What do we got across the pond? This is uh, this is hot off the press. No, not really. But, uh, you know, we got that uh, general data protection regulation coming out of the EU uh, going into effect here on May 25th. So we have a lot of people kind of all up in arms and concerned about that. And here comes something else to be up in arms and concerned about. Uh, the EU wants to require platforms to filter uploaded content, including code. The EU is considering a copyright proposal that would require code sharing platforms to monitor all content that users upload for potential copyright infringement. See the EU's commission proposal or proposed Article 13 of the Copyright Directive. The proposal is a theory, sorry, the proposal is aimed at music and videos on streaming platforms based on a theory of a value gap between the profits of those platforms make from the uploaded works and what the copyright holders of some uploaded works receive. However, the way it is written captures many other types of content, including code. And this is from a, a blog post on GitHub. And I also found uh, 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 an open letter uh, to the uh, EU about this at uh, savecodeshare.eu. It's an open letter, and uh, I'll just read you a couple of sentences from the open letter, just because it's uh, it kind of puts everything together in a way that you know we can look at it from the software side of things. The EU is getting ready to vote for a, a copyright reform package, which fundamentally undermines the foundation upon which free and open source software is built. The proposed article, blah, 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 targets every online service that allows its users to upload and share content with each other, including code hosting programs. So this would be like, I don't know, GitHub, Stack Overflow, <laughs> you know, one of those. Um, and we know that nobody copies each other code, each no, other's code from those Never, areas. of course not. <laughs> so as a result of the ongoing copyright review, every user of a code sharing platform be they an individual, a business, or a public administration, is to be treated as a potential copyright infringer. Their content, including entire code repositories, will be monitored and blocked from being shared online at any time. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, slightly concerning. This is like one of those, uh, oops, we really didn't think about that when we were writing the, uh, <laughs> the text of this. And, uh, you know, sometimes if it's not explicitly defined, it becomes uh, uh, an overreaching uh, law. So uh, this is one of those laws that uh, could possibly uh, have some uh, uh, negative effects. So if this is uh, if you're a coder and you do a lot of open source stuff, even though this is in the EU, it generally will affect everywhere because these platforms are all international and and uh, shared across uh, countries and stuff like that. So things become a little bit blurred of who controls what and who needs to enforce what. And so yeah, it's, it's definitely a concern anytime we see stuff like this. So. Uh, go over and check it out, savecodeshare.eu. This kind of thing happens a lot in the EU and all over the world where 
legislation is written much too broadly for its own good and it affects many more things than it should so it's nice that we have some watchdogs out there that are that are checking for things like this because this is how bad laws get passed and if you want to do something about it definitely check out that link all right so we can talk about the open container initiative we love that word containerization i don't know how many letters (laughs) it is but it's uh it's many Uh, The Open Container Initiative, OCI, an open source community for creating open standards around containers, today announced the launch of the Distribution Specification Project to standardize container image distribution based on the specification for the Docker Registry V2 protocol, which supports the pushing and pulling of container images. Wow, there's a lot of buzzwords in there. Having a solid common distribution specification paired with conformance testing will ensure interoperability throughout the cloud native and container ecosystem man <laughs> are they just trying to put in as many syllables as entirely possible in this did a lawyer write i this? think maybe <laughs> the docker registry v2 protocol has become a de facto standard across implementations of container registries and will serve as the specification for the new distribution spec oci project wow that was a lot of uh, stuff in there that's a mouthful <laughs> Anyway, it was a mouthful. If you want to read about standardizing containers, there will be a link in the show notes. I don't know that we want to even talk anymore about that. That's boring. Yeah. (laughs) So DevOpsy. Yeah, I know. It's all DevOpsy. That's why you put it in there, Mr. Yes. And I'm glad you read it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I actually see. I think the more complicated the story is, the easier it is to read. It's like when there's simple words like the and and you can't get through them. But when there's uh, conformance testing with ensuring interoperability, that's easy. So maybe we should just throw in some big words. Yeah. Makes us sound all intelligent. Yeah, absolutely. Even though the story was written by somebody else. Anyway, that contain that came from opencontainers.org, a website dedicated obviously to this topic. So there you go. All right. Moving on. Linux in the ham shack. That's what we really came here to talk about. So HF packet. Anyone still doing that? <laughs> Come on. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So HF packet BBS. <laughs> So I was just, I was looking for topics tonight and I was thinking about all the work you're doing about, uh, uh, getting packet and everything else working on your, uh, VHF. And you were talking about getting it, uh, getting a APRS packet on uh, 30 meters. And I saw this, uh, thread over in uh, Reddit and, uh, it's called HF packet BBS. Uh, it's a posting, uh, by massive beard. And of course, anyone with that name needs some recognition here. Massive beard, AKA KD nine WTF. Nice call sign. Uh, Steven Lang. Questions, is the terminal node controller needed to convert to packet radio BBS systems if you have a newer transceiver that has a USB like, let's say, an ICOM 7300? So he's asking if he needs a TNC, if he has like a sound card device attached to his HF radio. So that's one question. And uh, he also comments that I am an old school BBS lover, would like to get into this over the radio. Any tips or helpful links that you have handy are appreciated. And I'm looking for... I'm looking myself, just thought I'd check in. So this is a cool uh, kind of cool question and stuff like that. But uh, do you need a TNC? And the answer is no. No, you don't because there are soft TNCs. And that's why you're going to tell us about them. Well, didn't I already <laughs> tell everybody about Dire Wolf? I know, but, but you need to just mention it one more time and just tell us where you are with it. The story that Bill just read, however, came from Reddit, which is Bill's favorite hangout on the internet. <laughs> Other, I troll there all the after time. the points, porn, uh, yeah, porn sites, right? Uh, yeah, uh, porn, porn, whatever. <clears throat> See, it's those short one-syllable words that, that are just so hard to get out. 
He just needed to say pornography. Oh, that's sites. right, pornography. So that would have come pornography out. Pornography web interweb <laughs> sites using the hypertext. You know, <laughs> right. <sighs> and if you say you know gay midget porn, well, actually that came out all right. Okay, so um, so direwolf. We did talk about this in a past episode, and my exploits i guess with direwolf the software tnc which basically basically creates a tnc using your sound card and i was using it for a prs and it actually works works really well i was doing it with the um what was i using it with the rascal glx that i had hooked up to my two meter rig originally but i have since switched over to a signaling usb since i picked up one of those and it also works really, really well for that. I just uh, put my two meter rig on one forty four point three nine zero, which I think is kind of like the APRS uh, de facto calling frequency, if you will. Um, and the way Direwolf works, uh, without trying to you know go over this all again, is it creates either a socket, like a web socket, on port eight thousand or port eight thousand one, depending on the language you want that socket to talk. Um, or you can actually set up a virtual, uh, kiss mode TNC at device slash temp slash kiss TNC or some other directory that you specify. And then applications like YAAC or Zaster or any other node, you know, controller type application that requires AX.25, uh, can connect to the audio that's coming in from your rig via Direwolf as opposed to having a hardware TNC. So, and this, this worked really well for me. Um, I was able to interface my, um, what the hell do I have there? Kenwood TMG707A uh, with Direwolf and Zaster. And I was able to actually, you know, get it to transmit and put my location out there. I was heard by several nodes and I, you know, showed up on APRS.fi. So very cool. And that required no yeah. TNC whatsoever. So in theory, you could run a BBS. Off yes, of that. you absolutely could. No TNC required. So, but you can put like trade wars and stuff like that on there. Yes, you can have doors. Everyone remember doors, right? <laughs> That's how you get to things. You open doors. That's right. All right. So um, along the lines of that, I saw that we were going to be talking a little bit about uh, VHF and communications of a digital nature. And so I have uh, recently put uh, my rig back on the air using SVX link. So I actually have a dash L node uh, on SVX link. It's up and running. Um, the node ID is five, four, seven, one, one, which by the way, if you look on a telephone keypad is L H S one, one. So it's uh, easy to remember <laughs> and uh, it's out there and it's running right now. Uh, I have the local RF link up. And so um what I'm going to do, hopefully, in the deep dive episode is dig really down into uh, the setup configuration and operation of SVX Link and QTEL, which are the Linux native Echolink applications. So uh, stay tuned. If you're into Echolink, we're uh, going to dive right into it. And then in a future one, a future episode where we deep dive, I'm going to be setting up an IRLP node. So we'll get deep into IRLP as well. Ooh, yeah, awesome. And that that actually involves hardware, uh, hardware other than your rig and a computer. There's actually a board uh, that's associated with RLP, uh, 
and there's there's a little bit more to IRLP and a little bit more in the expense world as well. But you can you can pretty much as long as you have a rig and a sound card set up X, SVX Link. So uh, super easy, and um, you don't even have to pay for it, which is nice. <laughs> so uh, that's a little bit about what's coming up uh, in the deep dive episode, and a little bit more about uh, software TNCs. I don't know if there is another software TNZ project out there. Direwolf is the only one I've ever heard of. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to go do some looking. I'm just going to do a quick Google for software TNC. Yeah. While you're doing that, I'm going to mention, I know we normally have a feedback segment in the uh, other show, but I'm just going to mention this. I had a couple emails from uh, Daniel Gunderson, N9MUF, who uh, has been talking to me uh, on the side about some other projects here. And uh, he sent me a note that says... He's going to uh, take up a challenge for us, and this challenge is he's going to uh, he's going to build. Um, let me find it here. Let's see. Let's see. What did he say? Oh my god! I'm going to try to create a Gen two Raspberry Pi ham image, <laughs> aiming at uh, FL Digi, WSJTX, SVX Link, and logging software, all running under LXDE or IceWM. And uh, if he gets it to work, he's going to create a portage overlay for Gen 2, so that it'll work on desktops as well. So for all you fans of Gen 2 and our uh, really bad LHS readiness score we gave it, which I think is like 1.2 or something like that, um, Daniel here in 9MUF is uh, taking up the challenge to uh, to try to fix that. So uh, I'm kind of excited to see uh, how he uh, proceeds with that. I'm kind of excited to see how that goes as well, because if he succeeds, it will be called brilliance. And if he fails, it will be called lunacy. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, why, man? Why? <laughs> I have to wonder why you want to do this, why you want to be Gen 2. There was um, did, did anyone, I think Cheryl posted on Facebook the flow chart about choosing a Linux distribution. Did you do that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, she did. Yeah, that was fantastic. And so <laughs> I should probably look it up and uh, and link to it in the show notes. So it's basically like, do you you know do you care about software freedom? Yes, then choose Linux. Do you have a life? Uh, if so, then choose Debian. If not, choose Gen two. And that's a little bit of a you know, <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's one of those big words. Um, uh, what's the word when you take something out of context and make it smaller? Uh, why is my brain not working? My brain never works. <laughs> anyway, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, she did post so much stuff. I'd find it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, know. It was like five billion freaking uh, posts in here. Somebody needs to like uh, put her phone down once in a while. <laughs> All Jeez. right, Ross, get off my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl made her first QSO on on the air the other day. It was with me. Holy it was cow. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, hey, that's that's still somewhat yeah, something. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, earlier that that Echo Link node is up and it's RF enabled, so we've got radios here. So if anyone wants to connect to Node five four seven one one and talk to Cheryl, she's here. You know, you can use it. I even have the app running in my phone. Right that's now, right. She's too. got Echo Link on her iPad or my iPad and her phone. So I didn't install it on your iPad. Well, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so get Cheryl on the air. <laughs> you right. always want to get me on the air right in the middle of cooking dinner or something which... that's when all the nets are all the nets are like <laughs> at 7 and 8 p.m that's that's when they are yeah well that's usually when we eat so yeah well maybe we'll have to 
Jeez, I can't even find it in your plethora of. Uh, Hang on, <laughs> I'm looking for it. <laughs> I, I scrolled all the way back through March 17th, and I'm oh, like, yeah, it was, it was before, before that. that. Um, yeah, I'm, I can't go any further. <laughs> paraphrase. That's the word I was looking for. Paraphrase. Paraphrase. There you <laughs> I knew go. it would come to me eventually. So, yes, I paraphrased. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a day. So, uh, that being said, we're down to the end of our topics. We do have some folks who are in the chat room with us tonight. We have Don, KC9ZMY. We have Dave, KB0OWD, Ted, WA0EIR, Sean, VE6SAR. And for a brief moment, we had K7HVT. I don't know if he's listening to the stream, but he is no longer in the chat room. So I want to thank everybody who showed up tonight. I would like to say real quick that our Hamvention campaign is basically halfway funded at this point. So we're doing real well. Uh, we will be purchasing the booth like real, real soon now, but we still have half of the way to go. So if you've got some money or some friends or both, um, feel free to donate. Any little amount is fine. A dollar, two dollars here will help us get us there. And uh, that's all of the telephoning I'm going to do for tonight. So if anyone has any questions or topics of things they want to talk about in the chat room, we will entertain those at this time. And if not, then we're just going to go on our merry way and see you uh, next week. Operators are waiting for your call. <laughs> we have two lines open right now. And if you call within the next five minutes, <laughs> you'll receive nothing extra. <laughs> yes. With an extra four ninety five shipping and handling, of course. That's so. right. Separate shipping and handling yes. fees. Yes. We'll send you the XML of the entire feed for LHS podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you the you episode converted to Braille season. for no reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, the chat room seems um, suitably quiet, Asleep. I suppose. So we are going to wrap up episode number 220 of Linux in the Hamshack. I want to thank everybody for tuning in once again. Oh, we got yeah, to do social media say. round at first. Little, am little I ahead of yourself there, buddy? I sure am. Wow. Yes. I forget. <laughs> you scrolled to the top and yeah. you're like, ah, we're out of here. I scrolled to the top and then didn't scroll to the bottom. I got to get a handle on which things we do on which episodes. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, so let's jump into the social media roundup and uh, maybe the chat room will wake up while that's happening. Yeah, so. sure, maybe. Well, so. there you go. Okay, social media roundup. Here All right, we go. Social media roundup for this week on the Patreons. We have John Spriggs, Steve Sainer, Donald Gever, Robert Pitts, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rulo, John Zaruba Jr., Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Chris Beggio, and Darren Keem. On subscriptions, we have Michael Jopling, Steve Nichols, Todd Bowers, Thor Wiegman, Stephen Harp, Charlie Brown, Kevin Murray, Wayne Carpenter, Doug Redder, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Dylan Engel, Alan Wilson, Donald Gever, John Clark, Michael Aiello, Robert Halliday, Brian Smith, Johnny Kinsey, Ronald Ike, Robert Yerke, Michael Connolly, Jeremy Hall, and Jonas Rulo. And as we do every week, or every two weeks, I guess, I would like to point out that Darren King, Donald Gever, and Jonas Rulo are all, they're, they're subscribing and in Patreons. So if you happen to hear this and you want to do that, great. If not, uh, you might want to go one way or the other. Well, they're subscribers, so we know they're hearing this. 
Well, right. But... <laughs> so, and if they want to continue to double donate, we're not going to say anything. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But so, just, just for your. Just, just in case they're not, yep. not aware that they're double donating, there's your warning. So on Facebook, we have DZ Easley, Michael Golden, and Ricky Patterson. On Google Plus, we have Martin Theodore Grew. On Twitter, we have at KA4RCV9921. Excuse me, at Mayor Mike Golden, at Kojo C I N E S C U, at LA4 TTA, at Wikimedia UK, and at the Larry Brewer. No YouTube, no mailing list, no merchandise sales. That's okay. I think everyone's donating to the Hamvention campaign instead of buying t shirts, which is all well and good. So, all right. I think now. We're actually down to the end of the show and the chat room has woken up, but they're not talking about anything that is worthy of talking about, <laughs> at wow. least not on the show. It's it's not show worthy, <laughs> but it's worthy. It's always worthy. And if you're, uh, you know, ever around IRC, feel free to drop into the chat room at any time of the day or night. There's usually somebody around talking about something. And if not, just say hello. Don't, you know, connect and disconnect and don't say anything, you know. Say something. Say hello. We'll say hi back. Hi. <laughs> so. Hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hello. Azure. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on. Anyway, Kubernetes. that was finally episode number 220 of Linux in the Hamshack. So we're going to get the hell out of here. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. <laughs> He's waiting I'm for it. Making, making it yeah. Making us wait. <laughs> thanks everyone good evening this is uh any 4rd bill 73 thank you for listening to this episode of linux in the ham shack lhs is a community sponsored podcast our website is located at lhspodcast.info you can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out.
Linux in the Ham Shack and the Linux in the Ham Shack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribute Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.